A smart person learns from their mistakes. A wise person learns from others' mistakes. Welcome to the My Mistakes Podcast. We cover the lessons learned from the mistakes we've made in business so you won't do the same. I'm Chris Chantrulli. It's easy to make good decisions when there are no bad options. And that being said, it's easier to make a bad decision when there are only bad options. I'm Sean Rosenfeld, and I'll be asking questions to understand why Chris did what he did and what he learned from it. So when we last left off, the fitness director that I had hired was all buddy-buddy with one of the owners of the club, and all the guys at the front desk, they were boys, and I would see them always talking. So when I would walk over to the front counter, I would see their voices. They would kind of start to walk away, hear the voices get lower, and I had no idea what they were talking about. And when you've got stuff like that going on around you, you could start to act a little bit paranoid. So I was not only paranoid about them just talking behind my back because I wasn't sure what they were saying, but I didn't know what they were talking about. And that made me a little bit more nervous. I also had a little bit of an issue or addiction to pain pills which we'll get into in a later episode. And when you're taking pain medication, whether it's when you have an injury or in this case, the injury had healed, (laughs) the pain had not. (laughs) While being on a narcotic, you don't have, let's just say, the right perception of how to handle things or you can not look at this situation with a clear head. So then you start thinking the worst and I had no idea what was going to be going on with my future, with the club. And I started to realize that when I saw the owner of the gym and this individual talking one day, and as I walked over, they then like walked over to the bathroom and like included me into the conversation. But when I left that afternoon, they were sitting out front on a bench and I'd never seen that before where they were outside of the gym, which Yes, just a couple of feet outside nonetheless, but I knew something was going on. So I said in the last episode that I provided a cell phone to this fitness director. So when I looked at the bill, I saw that the owner indeed had been called numerous times. And I saw different times of day, whether it was morning before he was going to be starting that shift or if it was at night. I mean, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night to see phone calls, I felt almost like a paranoid wife or paranoid husband checking on his wife, wondering what's going on, which we'll talk to that, uh, speak on that in a future episode as well. Um, So at that point, I knew something was up, but wasn't sure to the extent. And I had about a month and a half to go until my agreement was up for renewal. I told you that it was subletting space and it was September was the month that I became due for renewal. And right around early August, the owner of the gym 
he said that he needed to talk to me. And I knew right at that moment, I, I knew exactly what he was going to say. My gut was just telling me I was out and he wasn't going to renew, but it was worse than I thought. He told me that they decided to go in a different direction and they were not going to have my company in that space anymore. And instead, they were going to have the person that I hired become the fitness director. And I was given the option to stay on working for the club. Actually, the offer wasn't made. It was kind of implied. He said, well, one of the things we could do is if you choose to leave, I understand. But if you want to stay on here at the club, love to have you. And you could have a split of 70% per session. And he would be willing to pay my health insurance as well. So 70% health insurance, but there was no salary. Or I could have no health insurance covered and then get $200 a week. And that was going to be to help out with whatever. I had to guarantee a certain number of hours. It was almost going to be like being the fitness director, but I was being told that the fitness director that I brought in was now going to take that spot. So this didn't sit well with me. And I said, are you sure about your mind's made up on who's going to be the fitness director here? And he said, well, nothing set in stone. I was just tossed around some ideas, had some thoughts. So at that point, he withdrew what he had just said, and I left it alone. I think I wanted to cry. I was very nervous with what was going to happen because a good amount of money was coming in and I did make money off the other trainers. And with the number of trainers there were at that point, say eight or nine, I was getting 30 to 40% of their sessions. And after paying the gym, my rent and taking what I was making off everyone else added to what I was paying myself. I was doing all right to afford two cars. I had a condo. And by me taking this new position, I instantly realized that my expenses for life were not going to be covered from that. I was going to have to train a lot more clients to make up the difference. So the lesson that I learned right at this point was not to do anything irrational. Because my next move was something somewhat irrational. I decided that I was going to ride out the remaining three weeks or so. However, I wasn't going to go quietly. So I went around the neighborhood and I wanted to see if there were any like one-on-one personal training studios or anything like even smaller gyms. To essentially do what I had done years before when coming to that gym, I wanted to see if there was another location I could go to, and I planned on taking my clients to that other spot. And it was out of spite. It was because I felt very screwed over, not by just the owner, but by the fitness director who I helped out when he was at a low point, by people who worked at the front desk who kept this from me by some of the trainers who I thought I was friends with or friendly with to not give me a heads up because I realized certain moves had to have been taking place, maybe right under my nose. I didn't see anything even looking back now. There was nothing that was obvious 
It just looked like they liked the guy. I went and found a gym, I guess it's one and a half blocks away. And it was a small one-on-one training studio. They had a very small little dumbbell section from, let's say, five pounds to maybe 40 pounds. And they had four little cardio machines. So it wasn't a big space. I took one of the brochures in the door. They hadn't opened yet. I called the number on it. It went to someone's cell phone or was forwarded to someone's cell phone. And I started talking to a trainer who recognized my name right away. And I didn't recognize his when he told me, but he was one of the trainers who worked for me at the second club I went to when I was becoming fitness director of the five clubs for this group of gym owners. There were five altogether when my contract ended, but gym number two, apparently this guy had worked for me and I worked with him and I trained him. And I guess it shows something about that point up until then that I really wasn't paying attention to all individuals. I was, if you heard the earlier episode, I was producing trainers like on an assembly line where they would come through and then I would work with them over the course of six weeks or so. And I would go over a manual that I created as far as exercises and sales pitches and the whole nine. This guy went through that whole process and I didn't even remember his name. And when I saw him, I didn't even recognize him. Where I'll leave off, I approached two guys that own this studio and I made them an offer to allow me to bring my clients and whatever trainers I was going to take with me over to this studio. This is where I made a couple big mistakes, but the mistake I'm going to leave off on right now is I acted out of spite, didn't think something through, and within probably 12 to 24 hours of being told that the deal most likely would not be renewed, I stormed out and I started putting a whole new plan into effect without stopping to even process what had just occurred. So I don't know if that was my immaturity or I don't know if that was the drugs. What was the feeling like knowing that what you were currently doing won't pay for the bills? That was scary as hell. I never lived above my means. However, I lived right to them. And I was married at the time on my first marriage. And that's a whole other area of my mistakes, which we'll cover that as well. I bought her a car. So instead of having just one, if I had my mortgage and my one car, then I could have done it. But it was two cars on top of my condo, on top of the fact around this time I started looking for a house and I had a realtor looking. And at any minute, I was planning on buying a house and the process had already begun. So we'll get to that mistake down the road as well. But to answer your question, it was scary as hell. And I think I had the constant feeling of throwing up, which led to more drugs to calm my nerves, to escape the fear that I was feeling at that moment. What did you learn from this whole situation? It's a hard thing to even reflect on because I'm not sure what the first event was that started this downward spiral. 
I don't know if it was my own behavior or the way I treated people. I don't know if it was because of that hire of what became the fitness director. I don't know if it was an addiction to painkillers and keeping myself numb so I wasn't having to deal with or cope with all of these moving parts. It's almost like juggling, but instead of juggling with three balls, which I can do and manage, adding in a fourth or fifth. And you try using the same pattern that you're using with juggling, except the timing and everything is off. So because so much was happening all at once, I wasn't processing each thing. And instead of attacking each thing one by one, I was trying to go after everything all at the same time. And I think ultimately this is what caused me to crack. Who did you have more anger towards? The owners of the gym for not renewing you or the fitness director for making a deal behind your back? I was pissed off at the owner because I thought he and I were friends. So I was surprised because he was the kind of person who was always extremely loyal and not a scumbag at all. He was always very upfront and anything that any thoughts he was having. But I was the guy that he turned to so often when it was advice on clubs or how to handle for sales or specials. We would talk about those kind of things. I never would have thought that he would have taken that away. But then again, I was very pissed off at the fitness director because I gave him that opportunity. Like I took him in and even if he was offered a deal behind my back, I think the right thing to do would have been to tell me about it or to see how I could have been involved in it. If two people are working together and someone's offered a better position, I don't think someone taking it makes them a scumbag. I think that if you bring someone into a situation and they get an opportunity that they never would have gotten, and then they have the chance to step up, I think if you step over the person that brought you in, that makes you a scumbag because it's selfish. And that person who brought you in was thinking about you. And when it came time for you to think about them, you only thought about you. So I don't know if that wraps it up. I can't say that I'm mad at him because I firmly believe that you can only be mad at yourself for these situations that you end up facing because had I been around more, had I paid closer attention, had I had a much clearer mind, I think I would have noticed some of the patterns that were going on. But I didn't see it then. Looking back now, even discussing it right now, it's so clear to me that I want to smash my head into the microphone at this moment. For more info, visit us at getconnects.com. That's G-E-T-C-O-N-N-E-X-X.com. On Instagram at connects underscore or on Facebook at connects comma I-N-C.